Welcome to Imperfect Heart, a place for you to join me, Jeff Holden, in conversations, discussions, and dialogue about our hearts and the impact myocardial bridges have on them. We'll talk with healthcare professionals, those in related fields that support our condition, and others just like us with stories of their myocardial bridge experiences. It's my intention for this content to inform, educate, entertain, and even motivate or inspire you in your personal journey on dealing with a myocardial bridge. Most importantly is to have you leave each episode with hope, knowing you're not alone and that what you're experiencing is real. After we aired the Dr. Bulky episode, a few weeks later, I got a call from Ruth Buckner, Dr. Bulky's scheduling assistant, and it was a call I could never have imagined, and it was something that I had hoped would always happen. Dr. Bulky invited me to attend an unroofing procedure robotically. My heart was beating as fast as I recall it ever beating, thinking, I'm going to have a heart attack. I had never expected anything like this to to happen so early in the process of what we do and the discussions with the doctors that we have, but I always had hoped it would be an opportunity that I would get to experience. Now it was the next steps of what do we do? And as I went through the process of evaluating what it was that was going to happen, it was really ironic because I felt the emotion of my own surgery recurring. And in a discussion with my wife, she said, you know, Jeff, this is PTSD. You're reliving the experience. And I thought, how could I relive my own experience through somebody else's? But it really was, as I thought about it, I'm going to now watch from the outside in something that I experienced from the inside out. And what an incredible, incredible opportunity. So now it was just up to the details to get everything squared away. Ruth Buckner called me. We got our schedule taken care of. She says, you need to be there early. Make sure you get in on time because you don't get the option to, to revisit, you know, if you screw something up. And I recall as we went into the process, first meeting Ruth upstairs on the seventh floor of University of Chicago, and then the walking through into the locker room. And I'm like, what, what locker room? But you're going to hear the actual audio of this process coming up in just a few minutes. It is so surreal and, and, and so exciting for me to even share it again. And I've talked about it you know, so many times already that I, I, just, I just don't know how to express myself appropriately on this one. What you will hear is attached to video. So if you get the opportunity, it's going to make a lot more sense in some of the discussions that are taking place. If you're watching the YouTube channel, it's the Imperfect Heart YouTube channel, and you'll see some of the things that we're, we're discussing. Anyhow, I, I recall I, I get to the hospital, I meet Ruth, I'm upstairs on the seventh floor, and she goes, we need to get you, you know, gowned up. And I'm like, I'm like a doctor, I'm going to get gowned up like a doctor. Of course I would be. Uh, you know, what was I thinking? I was thinking I was going to be in some gallery, elevated, looking down in this surgical procedure. And it was anything but. It was totally, totally different. So we walked down the hall, and I get into this locker room. For those of you who have been in the locker room, whether it be at a high school or a you know country club, whatever, it looks the same. It's lockers, orange lockers, 
and shoes underneath the benches. And I said, are those the doctor's shoes? These are the surgeon's shoes. And she goes, yes, of course. And it was just such an experience to start that way. As we left the locker room, then we went into the hallway of where the operating room was. And I'll let you listen to the episode because I have live audio of me going through that process. I got to meet an incredible doctor who was going to actually be attending as well in the OR for the unroofing procedure. And it was Dr. Kumaran Mangalam from India, Bangalore, India. And he is a practicing surgeon who does myocardial bridge unroofing procedures in India, Bangalore, India, with the healthcare system there. And I'll have that information at the end of the episode show notes. I'll have his information on the episode show notes in the event anybody wants to reach out and connect with him. He did give me both a cell number and an email. So for those of you who are in India, this may be an opportunity to connect with somebody who can help you. And it's Narayana Health is the healthcare system that he works with. So he and I got to be friends that day. And what an experience to be able to share and ask questions as Dr. Bulky was going through the process of the surgery. So let me get started. I'll pick up where I'm entering the hospital with the live audio. And again, to just share the, the gratitude I've got, the thanks for this opportunity to literally attend an unroofing procedure robotically with Dr. Balky. So I arrived in Chicago, a little bit tired after a 5.30 departure out of Sacramento. And you may be wondering, why are you in Chicago, Jeff? Well, I've been given the incredible privilege and opportunity to attend a robotic unroofing surgery. So tomorrow morning, I will head over to University of Chicago and about one o'clock, I will be in the operating room in some capacity observing whatever it is that happens during an unroofing surgery process robotically with Dr. Balki. I can't express the emotion <laughs> because it feels like I'm actually reliving my own experience as I prepped for my surgery a little under two years ago. This is really going to be quite the experience coming from a layman and being able to share what happens during the process robotically. Heading up to the elevators to the seventh floor, which is where the journey starts. And up we go. Sky Lobby. And here we are at the Sky Lobby coming in. What a beautiful facility. Okay, it's time uh, into the locker room, got to change into a set of scrubs and uh, be heading out. So here I am with Dr. Kumaran Mangalam, my new friend for the day from Bangalore, India. And yes, he is a myocardial bridge unroofing surgeon in India. For those who are in India looking for a surgeon, Bangalore, India is where he performs and again, his name is Dr. Kumaran Mangalam. If you would help me understand a little bit better what it is we're going to be seeing today and some of the people who will actually be in the, uh, the OR, our, even though I won't be taking pictures. Sure, you you'll know. see Dr. Kitahara. Hero Kitahara is Dr. Balki's assistant surgeon. 
Um, you'll also see Caitlin Grady. She is the senior physician assistant. She'll be assisting him in the OR. You will not see the two nurse practitioners there on the other side of the hospital. That is Sharaka Coleman and Brooke Patel. The nurse practitioners um, do the pre-op. They also do uh, see the patients after surgery to pull their chest tubes and they medicate the patient after surgery. They follow the patient until discharge. So at this point, all is quite calm. We're just waiting for surgery to begin. Kind of like the green room of the concert outside waiting to come in. So what we're looking at here is the Da Vinci XI machine from a couple of different angles as it's in the hallway. It's not the machine Dr. Bulky can use because the arms don't work appropriately with the stabilizer. Uh, as we get into the room, we'll notice that it's a Da Vinci SI machine that we're working with. Operating room number four is Dr. Balky's home away from home, where all his surgeries are done robotically for those patients with myocardial bridges, as well as those patients where he is operating on coronary artery bypass grafts. The devices that attach and extend into the portals that go into the patient's body are what we're looking at here. And you can see that they have a different platform that Dr. Balky is going to explain for us. These are the platform that's soon to be dated that are for the Da Vinci SI that we need to desperately get to accommodate on the Da Vinci XI machines. And the XI system, which is this guy, the XI, mm -hmm. this is the XI, the, the newer generation robot. It's not really new, it's been out since 2014, but it's the newer one. The arm comes in like this and it clicks down and the instrument is like my forearm down onto the, into the patient's body. With the SI on the other hand, let's walk over to the SI. On the SI, the arm fits in kind of par uh, longitudinal or parallel. It's not like the right angle that you saw. And that is the difference between how this one works and how the other one works. The end effector is what you see inside when you're watching the screen inside the patient's body. But here's where the attachment happens. And the uh, stabilizer that we have fits on this arm. It doesn't fit on that one, unfortunately. Yeah, and clearly that's a different platform. It's a different platform. Yes. And all they have to do is take that effector, end effector, which we have, and fit it onto the uh, this platform, yeah, yes. the, the XI platform. Yes. That's all we have to do. I'm now walking into the OR, the operating room, and I'm I'm shocked at the fact that I'm not in some sort of a gallery. I'm in the OR. I'm literally in the OR with the surgeons and everybody that's there attending the patient. And I'm looking around, what is this? I'm, I'm amazed at not only the size of it, but how much is going on in there in every way you can imagine. There's equipment, there's machinery, there's emergency equipment in the event that something should you know, turn in what was expected. There's video screens all over. And then, of course, there's the robot. And the robot is positioned over the patient with all the portals, which are the, the rods, so to speak, that enter the patient's body. The patient's there, and the patient is blown up with the carbon dioxide so that there's room 
for the tools and the cameras and the lights to take place inside the chest cavity. The anesthesiologist team is behind a screen and there are screens all over the room. There's screens on a wall, there's screens above the patient, and there's these two machines, which are the da Vinci machines, not the robot itself, but the machines that both Dr. Balky will sit at and a guest can sit at. And the guest is an observance machine only. It doesn't have the arms and the extensions that operate the robot, but it does have the visual that you can watch. And Dr. Balky did at some point during the surgery ask me to go take a seat and experience what he experiences. What I learned in the process of sitting through the surgery was the first thing is the magnification is incredible. And you heard that in Dr. Balky's episode, but the magnification is 10 times what is actually taking place inside the cavity. So the visibility of detail is phenomenal. And that's what's up on the screens as you're sitting in the OR, you're watching the screens because obviously there's nothing to look at other than the flesh of a patient. You can't see anything because everything's taking place inside anyhow. So it's all video. And the arms and the articulators, the effectors, I believe is what he calls them, the forceps, so to speak, or the, the way that the tissue is cut is actually cauterized in most cases so that it's always getting sealed instead of bleeding internally. And the tubes, the portals, deliver everything. So if, if a cotton swab is needed, the cotton swab comes down, to true, down the tube into the cavity, the forceps grab it and it dabs around whatever it is that it's looking to absorb and then it gets sucked back up. It, it is just amazing. And the first part I see as Dr. Balky is explaining to me and the way he's explaining it to me, not just me, but everybody in the room is mic'd up with a headset and a microphone so that the communication can take place all the way around is the first steps of the procedure. And that is to cut the pericardium of the heart, the, the sac, so to speak, that the heart sits in. And we're all familiar with that because we've heard of pericarditis and you know, some of the effects of uh, side effects of the surgery. But that pericardium is, is just a tissue sac. And when it gets cut, there's fluid that leaks out of it. And that's the, the fluid, so to speak, that the heart floats in for protection. And the first question I ask through the surgery is, well, okay, well, what happens with that fluid? When you close it all back up, it just comes back, right? And well, the answer is no. We don't get that fluid back. If we've had open-heart surgery, we don't have any fluid. We have our pericardium closed back up, but there's no fluid. It never replaces itself. So a little bit less protective if we've had open-heart surgery. That pericardium gets cut, and it's, it's cauterized as it's being cut, and it opens up. And inside there is the beating heart. And it's an amazing thing to see. It's surrounded by tissue. It's surrounded by fat. And that fat is a yellow fat. It looks like the fat that you would see when you, you know, open up a chicken or a turkey. And the fat gets moved away. And the tools of the da Vinci robot didn't go to work. And they start moving everything to identify where that left anterior descending artery is, the coronary artery. Because in a normal heart, you would open that up and there you would see it. It'd be on top of the heart. Obviously, in our case, it's an effort and discovery. We have to find where that artery is. 
knowing that it's been mapped out to some degree, they know roughly where to start looking, but they have to start snipping tissue away till they find the artery. And in this particular case, the artery was shallow at the lower end of the heart and really probably not very impactful from a symptom standpoint. But as they continued snipping and continued working their way along the artery, it stayed roofed for quite some time. And in effect, this was a relatively long bridge as, uh, as we get into it. But at the time, nobody really knew because they're working their way along the bridged or roofed part. At some point, maybe six millimeters down toward the upper part of the heart chamber, toward the aorta, the artery takes uh, almost a 90-degree turn and goes deep into the heart, and there is the compression. And you literally can see the heart squeezing the artery every time it beats. Remember, we're working on a beating heart here with, with a da Vinci robot. The other thing to point out here is as I, I'm watching what Dr. Balky is doing is the stabilizer that he speaks of that's so critical really just looks like a pair of rabbit ears. And it's a device that opens up and the rabbit ears spread. They can be wider or narrower. It's just a silver metallic looking piece. And he opens it up over the artery and then it compresses the heart at that point where he's working. The rabbit ears open and push down and he works and unroofs a, a particular portion, lifts it, works down, pushes down, unroofs, gets the muscle tissue off, next step, next step, next step. Without the stabilizer, it would be an external device and that external device would need to be slid each time on a frame of some sort taking so much longer and being much more difficult because it have to be actuated perfectly just to be right and, and for the, the robot to get the particular point of the artery where the stabilizer is pushing, it, it's just extremely cumbersome and almost ineffective. So the necessity of the stabilizer to do what's happening here is extremely, extremely clear as it holds the heart from beating at that point where the tissue is being removed, the muscle tissue is being removed from the artery. We continue down the line and you know it's, it's just fine, fine snips and cauterizing and snips and cauterizing all the way till the really effective part where the artery is deep into the heart and then it becomes really, really critical to the unroofing process of removing that muscle tissue all around the artery. And of course, at the same time, making sure you don't nick the artery or hurt the artery in the process. So seeing this, actually knowing what it looks like inside, you may be wondering, trying to visualize what it is. The artery looks like a worm. Once it's uncovered, it's, it's a grayish, pretty thick artery in there. And as it gets uncovered, obviously it, it opens up and you can see it much more visibly and it's just resting nicely inside the heart without the muscle tissue over it all the way through to even where it goes into the depth and then gets released with the muscle tissue being cut away or cauterized away. And all of a sudden now you see this, this beautiful length of artery that is now unroofed. And the next step in the process is there's a liquid that's dripped on the artery that will allow it to plump. 
acetylcholine, if anybody is familiar from their provocative testing, if you recall, when we're bridged, the acetylcholine actually compresses the artery and aggravates the situation for us. Well, when the artery is unroofed, it expands the artery. And in this case, keeping in mind, now this is a patient that has a myocardial bridge and prior to the surgery had the same symptoms with acetylcholine that that artery would have constricted. Now that it's unroofed, the purpose of putting the chemical on the artery is to see how it plumps up. And it was really remarkable to see that as the fluid was being dripped on top of the artery, it plumped up. You know, the worm actually got bigger visibly. And it, it's miraculous to to know that that had probably been that effective that quickly for the unroofing process. The, the next step then becomes surgically putting everything back together and sewing up the pericardium and closing everything up after making sure that every striation of muscle over the top of the artery had been removed. And those were just really fine snips and little pushes with the, you know, the forceps and the uh, stabilizer to be certain that there was nothing compressing that artery since they're in there. While it may have not been much of an effect, it's certainly nice to know that it all got taken care of in the process. And then at that point, the robot goes through its, its machinations and the ports are removed from the patient and you know, off we go to recovery. The look of what's happening in the room I think is significant and you'll see on the YouTube channel if you're watching there, this is what Dr. Balky's doing about 15 feet from the patient. And to give you an idea of, of space, I'm sitting maybe 10 feet from the patient who is behind me because obviously we're not looking at what's happening at the patient. We're looking at what's happening on the screen on the wall to see everything. And it's, it's a high-def, high-tech super magnification of everything. I mean, the tiniest of tissue, you can see the forceps squeezing and pulling and moving, just incredible visibility. What Dr. Balky's looking at, and as I mentioned earlier, I had the opportunity to look at as well, is actually three-dimensional. The gallery, the people who are in the room, Dr. Coomer and myself and some of the attendants, we're looking at it on a screen and it's it's not three-dimensional, it's two, but Dr. Balky's looking at it in a three-dimensional sense. If you recall those viewfinders we used to look at, you click, 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 and they're three-dimensional nature, mountains, whatever it may be. That's what it's like for him as he looks into that viewfinder. And then his hands are operating these, these handles and his feet are on pedals that are actuating what's happening inside the patient. And so you can see him doing his thing here with this video that you've got on the, uh, on the YouTube side. But it's just, a, it's just a big gray machine. He's sitting there with his shoes off so he can feel the pedals. And the, the music is playing in the, the OR. Great music, by the way. 70s rock, some 80s rock. It was really interesting for me to see how it all comes to play. Because we've seen it on TV where the operating room has the music playing. It's literally like that. It's very, very real. But that's the process of, of how the machine works. And the, the detail that the, the machine allows the doctor to effect inside the patient is truly amazing. And having had a sternotomy myself, I can imagine the doctor is wearing some magnification so they can see better. 
but what Dr. Balky's looking at on the screen at 10 times in real time and, and no hands, nothing getting in the way, just these tiny, tiny devices that are doing what they need to do is amazing. So having been through it now, understanding the process and seeing how the robotic surgery works, for those of you who it is possible, I can appreciate the interest in doing so and not having a sternotomy. Uh, do I have a concern as somebody who's a third party looking in, just a guy, I would say there should be no concern for robotic surgery whatsoever, given what I saw and how it functions. And if you have a condition, if your condition is, is acceptable and you are approved for robotic surgery, I, I would imagine that's probably the way to go. So it's quite an experience and it's incredibly emotional to visualize yourself there because if you've been through the surgery, you're looking at this patient who now is about to get their life back as a result of the process and seeing literally what happens to our hearts, how it looks that close, that visibly close, I, I just, I, I can't explain it enough. Um, it, it's amazing. And in robotic surgery, only one lung is collapsed in most cases because we're only working on that part of your chest. So they don't have to collapse both lungs. You're not on a heart-lung machine because your heart's beating the entire time. And to see that life from inside and what it's like and how the heart functions is an experience I will never, ever, ever forget. And I hope I can convey to all of you who have the opportunity to be unroofed, whether it be robotic or sternotomy, the process is real. You can identify and see what's happening and why it causes the symptoms that it does once you've been through this process. And I hope that this discussion uh, gives you a little more insight into it. And having seen Dr. Balky, you'll see the pictures, you'll see the arms, the tools that are, are clamped onto the machine and how the robot functions. All those are going to be on the YouTube video, as I explained. And then as the pericardium is being stitched up, you can see the robot arms doing their thing. It, it's, it's amazing how it all works and how the SI functions, the Da Vinci SI functions for us and how it works to allow us to be unroofed robotically. And, and again, I, I, I hope this episode allows you the opportunity to help make better decision, but also to give you some confidence that if you've been scared, you've been afraid of the sternotomy and you're a candidate for the robotic surgery, I highly, highly, highly recommend moving forward. Don't suffer with the symptoms of a myocardial bridge when there's an answer out there for you. So we've completed the surgery. I've got my clothes back on. Uh, I'm, I'm in the hallway of the of the hospital waiting for Dr. Balky to come out. And in, in the meantime, I'm talking with Dr. Kumran as we're both marveled and awed at what we've just seen, not only by the professional that Dr. Balky is, the specialist that he is, the technician that he is, the skill set that he possesses, but the entire process of what we got to see inside that chest cavity and the unroofing process 
of the artery. Obviously, as a layperson and you know, just somebody who was fortunate to participate, to see this in the operating room, I believe that Dr. Kumran was every bit as amazed, and he sees it on a regular basis back in India. Uh, but uh, the marvel of today's medical technology handled by one of the best in the world is just incredible. So Dr. Balki's working, walking up. Uh, I'm going to get a few words with him, and then I've got a few words with Dr. Kumran coming up next. Dr. Balki, thank you. I just had the most incredible experience and privilege to sit through a myocardial bridged unroofing procedure robotically with you. Can you tell us what it was that I experienced? Yeah. Well, first of all, great to have you here, Jeff, in Chicago at the University of Chicago. And uh, what you just witnessed basically was a robotic, totally endoscopic, myocardial bridge unroofing of the left anterior descending, which is where these bridges happen. They don't happen in any other blood vessel. Uh, and they're never of significance if they happen anywhere else. So that's what you saw. Uh, it was a uh, fairly deep one at the very top, but relatively less deep at the bottom. It measured in its whole to total length about nine centimeters uh, in length, which is a fairly long for these. The patient was very, fairly symptomatic and on provocative testing had significant changes that indicated that the area of muscle that was fed by that LAD was ischemic. And it went along with pain, which was consistent with myocardial ischemia, meaning chest pain, radiating to the arm, radiating to the neck. So fairly classic symptoms. And so we're hoping that this unroofing procedure is going to completely eliminate all of that. Well, what you are doing for us and those of us who have the symptoms, who have the condition, who have been unfortunate yet to be unroofed, is giving a tremendous education to the benefits of robotic surgery. And I thank you for all that you're doing, especially for your time. You've been so generous with us. Yeah, no, thank you very much. And, and uh, I'm very happy that you were able to come and visit and see it. And I also appreciate the work you're doing in, in kind of educating folks about this condition and really helping people understand, you know, not only how it can be treated, but why it should be treated and who should get the, the treatment or the, the surgical intervention for it. Uh, and also helping us make, you know, other partners in surgery aware, like industry, who can facilitate getting some of the instrumentation that we need for us to be able to do this robotically. Because that's kind of the, the big thing that I'm facing right now is that we need to continue to be able to do this with the robotic approach. And, um, and, and your work is, is hopefully going to help us do that. Well, we're going to do what we can to find, and you're referring to the stabilizer. I'm referring to the stabilizer. The Vinci machine. <laughs> we certainly know that, and we're going to do what we can to, to make some noise and see if we can't get them to acquiesce and produce it for the XI machines. Great. The lights just came on, so that's <laughs> good that. on that notion. <laughs> we just had the benefit and the opportunity to participate in an unroofing procedure done robotically. And a lot of people with myocardial bridges get dismissed, yet I'm thrilled to know that you're a believer in myocardial bridges. And if you had to say something to the cardiology community at large about the reality of these bridges, what might you say to them? See, this myocardial bridge is very interesting and a very unique uh, condition where patients, they come with the symptoms of angina or chest pain, what we call 
and most of the time the investigations when you do for these patients all the investigations are within normal like ECGs, echocardiograms you do it's all within normal and you find this myocardial bridge only when you put them to stress so when the patient comes with the symptoms half the investigations can be omitted if you listen to them they have a problem they come to you they talk to you listen to them do the investigations and if you still can't figure out there is something wrong then you have to think of myocardial bridge because the myocardial bridge is almost two percent of the patients have myocardial bridge so when routine investigations are normal you have to think of myocardial bridge is it possible that a myocardial bridge could cause sudden cardiac arrest yeah that's a good question jeff like see myocardial bridge can cause sudden cardiac death there is not much of literature about this but there are sporadic cases reported that sudden cardiac death can happen in myocardial bridge see the myocardial bridge can give symptoms of angina that means the myocardium is not getting any blood supply when the patient is put into stress when he doesn't know that he or she is having myocardial bridge and they were having a hard workout or a severe exercises that time the myocardium is under stress that time they will have a symptoms of angina and if coexisting lesions in any other coronary arteries yes it will cause sudden cardiac death there are sporadic cases reported in the literature that myocardial bridge can cause sudden cardiac death so if you find a myocardial bridge that is an indication to get treatment he's amazing man he does everything through robotics what i can do with sonotomy and minimal invasive cardiac surgery he does everything with robotics and it's it's replicable it's not replicable it is easily replicable only things you should have a mindset future it's going to be all technology driven and future is going to be a robotic when i do suspect at some point in the not too distant future we'll hear that dr kumran in india is performing robotic surgery absolutely you will hear i want to be sure to thank dr balki ruth buckner university of chicago everybody that was in the room the operating room dr kumran what a what a blessing for me to have met and had shared experience with him the the emotion that is present not only in the room but after the opportunity to sit through an unroofing procedure is is truly overwhelming knowing that it worked for me knowing that it's going to work for this patient is not only an exhilarating experience but an overwhelming one as well and for the opportunity for the experience for the blessing i'm i'm eternally grateful to dr balki for the invitation because i it's nothing i can compare it to and i get now the ability to share this with you and with others that this surgery is so real so necessary so valuable and it's now incumbent on us to see what we can do to talk with, persuade, uh, intuitive, the da Vinci machines to help doctors like Dr. Balki continue the process of unroofing robotically by using the stabilizer that needs to be modified for the da Vinci XI machines. So one last time, Dr. Balki, thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you for listening to Imperfect Heart. It's my hope that this information helped in some way to improve your situation or will help you better understand this condition. More importantly, that it gives you hope through stories that there is help and you most certainly are not alone. 
If you've been diagnosed with a myocardial bridge, please be sure to join the private Facebook group, Myocardial Bridge Support Group. For more information about our program or to reach me directly, visit the website, myimperfectheart.com. If you like what you heard today, please give a positive review, thumbs up, high five, or whatever your app likes. And be sure to share with everyone important to you so they understand what it is you're dealing with. Please subscribe as well. Welcome each day with gratitude and positivity. The views and opinions expressed in this program are solely those of the host and the guest and are not intended to provide, nor are they a suitable substitute for professional care by a doctor, therapist, mental health professional, or other qualified medical professional. Imperfect Heart is a production of Hear Me Now Studio.